0: Let's just pray before we uh, come and look at this passage. Father God, we just come to you, our Father. Jesus, we come to you because we know that you love us and you have great words for us this morning. Thank you, Jesus, for the birth of your church on that first Pentecost where 120 broken became 3,000 just through the preaching of your word and your love. Let us hear that this morning. I pray you'll take the words I've prepared and you'll speak through them. In Jesus' name. Amen. So listen. Can you hear that? Can you hear that? Can you hear the wind rushing? And see the tongues of fire coming down from heaven, resting on each of you. Can you see that? Can you feel that? that it starts to bubble up inside, that you start to praise God. Jesus, I thank you. I praise you, Lord, for all that you've done. You've set me free. And as you're praising, those words become words of a tongue that you don't understand. That was the first Pentecost. That was the first Pentecost. But is that for today? Hopefully, by the end of this talk, you'll see that being filled with the Holy Spirit is one of the most important things in a Christian's life. But why? Pentecost was amazing for the first disciples. It was a tangible experience. Because they were broken. They'd lost their Lord. They thought they were going to get a great king who was going to take over the world. Instead, he died on a cross... He came back, they saw him and they thought he's come back to rule but then he left them again but he told them to go and wait in this upper room. So they were kind of broken but then the Holy Spirit came and they were turned from a people who were broken into a people with a purpose, a passion and the power to deliver what God was calling them to do. Did they only get filled once? Well, in Ephesians 5.18, Paul commands the church to be filled with the Holy Spirit. But the English language doesn't really quite do that passage justice, because in the Greek, this command is in a present imperative, which means he's not talking about a one-time filling, but rather a regular pattern of being filled with the Holy Spirit. So a better translation might have been, be filled and go on being filled with the Holy Spirit. Because as we read about the disciples' journey, they did miraculous things. They went where others might not go to share the love of Jesus. So we can take from this that the Holy Spirit was not just for that day of Pentecost, but it was to be, be a sign on every believer to be filled daily. By the end of the talk, I hope just maybe you'll get some of that excitement, just some of that passion and be able to live the life that Jesus called you to. It wasn't just about that upper room. It was a, for every believer. I'm going to ask you a question. How many of you believe that today? Let me tell you a story about... um, We used to go on holiday when I was a kid. Uh, We would go to St David's in Pembrokeshire every year. And we would meet a family friend there. He had a boat. It wasn't a very nice boat. It was an old inflatable. It had an outboard on the back, and we'd go fishing. It was more patched than rubber. It was amazing that it floated. Now, a few years ago, we went back again with Matthew and Lucy, my children. Um, And they were probably about 11, 12, which was actually about the age when I used to go out in this boat. And we met our family friend there. And we went out in this boat. He still had this boat. Even more patches. Um, And Matthew and Lucy sat there. um, And we put a box in the front of the boat and sat Matthew and Lucy on this box. And he revved the little engine and we started zooming out in the bay. And then the, the boat went <coughs> and stopped. And Matthew and Lucy were, oh, Daddy, what's happening? And it had stopped. And we fumbled around, and we, we looked to see why the boat had stopped. And it turned out that I'd put the plastic box that Matthew and Lucy was sitting on on the fuel line. <laughs> and it had conked out because they were starving at a fuel. A Christian's life without the Holy Spirit is like that. The fuel cannot get to you. You cannot burn with passion and and power in this world and function in this world the way that Jesus is calling us without the fuel of the Holy Spirit getting through to us. Without the first Pentecost, the church would not have been born. The first believers would not have been on fire. In my walk and experience, without the Holy Spirit, we cannot effectively live the call of Christ on our lives. So let's reel it back a bit. Let's, let's try and look at this a little bit more intellectually. It was Pentecost the first time the Holy Spirit was seen in the Bible. If we turn to Genesis chapter 1, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void and darkness was on the face of the deep and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. The Holy Spirit was there at the beginning. was part of the creation story of this world that we live on. Okay, so was was the Holy Spirit mentioned in what Christians refer to as the Old Testament? I think of it more as a lens to see the coming Jesus. But was the Holy Spirit seen in the Old Testament? The Holy Spirit empowered individuals in the Old Testament for specific tasks. For example, Bezalel had God's given wisdom and craftsmanship to enable him to become the tabernacle's chief architect in Exodus 31 verses 1 to 5. We also read the Spirit settled upon leaders needing the help in administration in Numbers 11, 16 and 17. Oh Lord, I need that. Warriors faced formidable tasks in Judges 6 verse 34 and 1 Samuel 16:13, and men were called to proclaim God's word in Ezekiel 2 verses 1 to 4. I'm just going to focus on this one. Ezekiel's called to be a prophet. He said to me, son of man, stand up on your feet and I will speak to you. As he spoke, the spirit came into me and raised me to my feet and I heard him speaking to me. It's almost to me as miraculous as tongues of fire because a guy on his knees was raised to his feet by the Spirit. When the Lord wanted a job done, in the Old Testament, he chose someone to do it. Then he equipped them with the Holy Spirit for their task. In the Old Testament, God gave power only to certain people for certain tasks. And he didn't necessarily remain with them that long. The difference, though is that Spirit's involvement in believers today is that Jesus told his disciples that the Holy Spirit abides in you and will be with you in John 14, verse 17. And as we said earlier, it's filled, go on being filled with the Holy Spirit. Since Pentecost, every believer has received the Holy Spirit. If Jesus is the vine and we are the branches then the Holy Spirit must be the sap running through us bringing life, must be, if we are to be plants living, we must have the Holy Spirit feeding and strengthening us daily, because if you chop off the sap from a plant it dies. So Pentecost, the fulfillment of two promises. In the Old Testament, Joel 2.28, which says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. In the New Testament, Jesus said, I will send the counselor, the spirit of truth. So what was Pentecost? Why were all the Jews, the diaspora of the Jewish nations, coming together in, at that time? Pentecost is the Feast of Weeks in the Jewish calendar or Shavuot. It's where they celebrate the giving of the law, the law of Moses. But they also celebrate harvest at that time. It's mentioned five places. It's mentioned in Exodus 23 and 24, Leviticus 16, Numbers 28, and Deuteronomy 16. It was a celebration of the beginning of the early weeks of the harvest, Prayers are said at Shavuot to thank God for the five books of Moses, the Torah, for his law. Some people even spent all night studying the law, the word of God. How fitting that the celebration of Pentecost, where the Jews observed the giving of the law 50 days after Passover that Christians' Pentecost celebrates the sending of the Holy Spirit on all believers who come to faith in Jesus, the Word of God, who sets us free from the law. How fitting that 50 days after the first Passover, when they were celebrating, we now celebrate 50 days after Easter, Pentecost, the shedding of the blood of the Lamb, Jesus, on the cross, the ultimate Passover, to set us free. So let's go back to that Pentecost in the upper room. Why were the disciples there? We read in Acts 1, verse 4, not to leave, Jesus told them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for the gift my Father has promised. Oh, how different would it have been if they hadn't gone there? How different would the church be here today if they hadn't done as Jesus had instructed them? That's why our theme verse this year, John 2, verse 5, is so important, where it's, do whatever he tells you. Pentecost fulfills the promise to send a counselor, the Spirit of Truth. And what happened? There was a wind. We heard about the violent wind, the rushing wind. What is the wind? If we look back into the Old Testament, a very familiar story about the valley of the dry bones. The breath of God came into them as a wind. The breath of God brought them from dry bones to life. The breath of God coming at Pentecost brought the dry bones of the church to life and can bring you life today. So the wind of the Holy Spirit brings life. Second, there were tongues of fire. Tongues separated and came and rested on each of them. Do you notice it came as a single fire and then split? It's a single fire of God coming on each of them. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. In those days, light was fire. He also said, you are to become the light of the world in Matthew 5.14. The picture of Acts seems to be a single flame, separating, symbolically resting on each of them, setting them alight to become a torch, a beacon, a beacon of fire for Jesus. There's a story um, of uh, W.E. Sangster, who was a Methodist minister, Um, and he was interviewing a candidate for ministry, and the candidate rather nervously said, as he was giving account for himself, I am not the kind of person who could set the Thames on fire. And dear old Sangster said, "'My dear young brother, "'I am not interested if you could set the Thames on fire. "'What I want to know is is this. "'If I picked you up by the scruff of the neck "'and dropped you in the Thames, "'will it sizzle and steam?' "'Because what he was looking for "'was someone who was full of passion, burning bright. "'He wasn't looking for someone "'who was going to go on their own and try and set the Thames on fire. He was looking for someone who had the fire of God in them and was burning so brightly and so hot. And third, languages. God confused languages as the people were building the Tower of Babel. People were getting too big for their boots, working together and forgetting God, saying how great they were. So Jesus confused language. But we see on the day of Pentecost, that reversed with people praising God and recognizing that God was the center. It feels like Pentecost might make sense, doesn't it? it? Might make sense. That it is about God reaching down to man, taking hold of him to bring life and light and fullness, breathing new life, his life, into them. And not just into them, but into us here today. Jesus can breathe that life into you today because we just need to come to him because that's why he sent the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. Through Jesus, we gain forgiveness from our sins and our past if we come to him and confess and repent. And then Jesus fills us with the Holy Spirit to live a life for him a power to minister like the first disciples. In 1 Corinthians 12, verses 7 to 11, the Holy Spirit is given to each of us in a special way. This is for the good of all. To some people, the Spirit gives the message of wisdom. To others, the Spirit gives a message of knowledge. To others, the Spirit gives faith. To others, the Spirit gives the gifts of healing. To others, He gives the power to do miracles. To others, to prophesy. To others, the ability to tell spirits apart. To others, the ability to speak different languages they have not known before. And still to others, to explain what those languages mean. All the gifts are produced by the one Spirit. He gives gifts to each person just as he decides. That's the same today. I've seen it. I've heard of people getting out of wheelchairs. They've been healed by the Holy Spirit today. I've heard people speaking in tongues and praising God. I've heard people interpret those tongues. Am I mad? No, I'm not. Because it's written in here. And the disciples, and it says to go on being filled with the Holy Spirit. And in Galatians 5, verse 22 to 23, the Holy Spirit's given to give us a life that we live in an abundance. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. As we live our life filled with the Holy Spirit, we will find peace, and we'll find an inner joy, and we'll find love, and patience, and kindness, and goodness. So, should we be filled with the Holy Spirit? God sent him at Pentecost on the early disciples. They were filled and went on being filled. And the church was born. And 3,000 that day were added. And then the church grew and grew and grew and grew and grew. Should we be filled with the Holy Spirit if we want to see God move today? Surely the answer is only yes. This is Pentecost today. It all makes sense. Okay. I've spoken a long time. So Pentecost for you every day, the Holy Spirit filling you, pointing you to Jesus, the Holy Spirit empowering you to minister, the Holy Spirit bringing you a deep love and joy and peace, A Holy Spirit bringing a breath to those dry bones. So, if you're feeling your faith is low and you need life, the Holy Spirit will bring that back with the breath of God. So, this leaves just one question. Do you want to be filled with the Spirit? To walk a life with Jesus? Our response surely must be yes. If there's one thing you take away from this talk, I'd like you to think what I said at the beginning and what I'm going to say now. And that was that being filled with the Holy Spirit is one of the most important parts of the Christian's walk because it brings life, it brings power, and it helps us to live as Jesus called us to live. It was important through the Old Testament it brought the birth of the church, life to the early church, and power to minister. If we are to be the people God is calling us to be, ones who go into all the world bringing the good news, there is no option to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And so to close, I'd just like to say a prayer. I'm just going to ask God to send his Holy Spirit now to fill us. We might not fear, hear a rushing wind or see tongues of fire, but he is here and he wants you to know Jesus more deeply. He wants you to know God more dearly. Father God, thank you for these words and I just pray you'll send your Holy Spirit upon each of us. Open our hearts, Lord, to your truth, that we may go deeper with you, that we may love this world as you love it, and be greater witnesses to you. In Jesus' name. Amen. One of the gifts of the Spirit that Andy didn't mention was the gift of service.